to wrap up what I've been preaching about. If you get my flyer up, is there, it's um, how to find and follow the purpose of God. How to find and follow. And, and we've, we've, we've dealt so much with it, but today I want to just give, ask you a few questions. But before I do that, I just want to bring to your remembrance that um, we, we said that before you were born, God has a plan for you. Jeremiah chapter 1, 4 through 6. He said, I knew you, I ordained you, I called you, I set you aside, I consecrated you, right? A prophet, and I said that a prophet means an overseer, a seer. And out of the fivefold ministry, it didn't say, it didn't say I set you a pastor to the nation, an apostle to the nation, or evangelist to the nation, so it's a prophet. In other words, he's giving you a voice, prophet speak. They see, they speak. They see, they speak. So there's something that God has called you to speak about. You understand? I also told you that you should be careful how you um, how you interpret the hardship or the traumas or the mishaps of life, because in those mishaps could just well be your message, and that only you can do what you are doing. Only you can raise that child. Only you can marry that man. Only you can marry that woman. Only you could have, could have gone through what you needed to go through. All right? And so because in that, that may lie your purpose. And I said that the framework for your purpose is that, one, it must exhort Jesus Christ. Number two, it must evangelize. Number three, it must encourage believers. That's how we, that's the framework of your, of your purpose. Whatever you do, if, if it doesn't meet en- these three criteria and they're all equally important, it means that chances are that that is not the will of God for you. It must, it must, you know, it must um, exhort uh, Jesus Christ. Everybody must know, it's a let your light so shine. Everybody must know, that, ah, only God could have done this through this person, right? Or this is done because of God, Yeah? It must win souls. Somebody must look at your life and say, you know what, I want, to, I want to be like this person. I want to give my life to Christ. Somebody must look at your life and want to rededicate their lives to Christ. Yeah? If that's not happening, maybe not. Maybe God is not there. And then lastly, it must really, really encourage other Christians. Right? Someone will say, well, you know what, I, you know, I, I, I ran into a gentleman yesterday and um, uh, he said, he said um, oh, he said, he said, every Sunday, in my church, right? He said, one way or the other, I always hear your story about how you came into UK with only 50 pounds in your pocket and how you were able to, how God, how you were able to work with God to turn that thing around. He said, every message. I said, really? I was so excited. So your life has to, has to encourage the body of Christ. Yeah? Somebody must be lifted because they are associated with you. Someone must multiply. So these are the context of, um, of, um, of purpose. Yeah? Now, everything you need is already in your hands. So we look at the story of, um, we look at the story of um, Moses in Exodus chapter 4, verse 2. Right? And the Bible says that, that God gave Moses an assignment. You are, you are on earth for, on an assignment. And God gave Moses an assignment. And the very first thing Moses said was that, oh, no, I cannot do that. I don't know how to do that. And he came up with all the reasons, you know, one million and one reasons why it can't be me. And, 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 and then he presented his 
inadequacies before God that many of us do. I'm too small, I'm too small, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm too, I don't have money, I don't have that, I don't have this, I don't, I don't, I don't. And then God asked me, I said, what is that in your hand? He said, the rod. Come on, tell him, but you have, you, have you have something in your hands. You got something. What is that in your hand? He said, a rod. That will do. That will do. Tell him, but that will do. Exactly. That, what he needed for the fulfillment of his destiny was already in his hands. Do you understand? You have it. And then we also see in um, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse, um, from verse 1, this woman who was broke and she needed money. And, she, and the prophet came to her and said, and said listen, uh, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? We are talking about how to find and follow the purpose of God for you. What do you have in your house? And look at what she said. Say, your maid servant has nothing in this house, but I have nothing in the house but a jar of oil. This thing can possibly, this interest, this career, this challenge, this problem, this issue, it can't can possibly be important. I have nothing but and so today I want to ask you seven questions, seven to nine questions that will give you an indication. I really want you to be happy and fulfilled. It's, you can work and earn an income at the end still unhappy and unfulfilled. I don't know about you, I want to be fulfilled. Yeah, how many of you want to be fulfilled? Yeah, how many of you just want to make money without fulfillment? There's a place for that as well, you know. But you see, so, so you, see, you see, when eternity comes calling, you will think that it's about money. I used to think so myself. I used to think about, about money, about money. Until I made the money. And I, said, ah, I made the money. Now people offer me money I don't take. Seriously. I know I used to think that, um, I used to think, oh, wow, I want to do, go, in, go into a business because I want to make money. Okay, then, then my business was doing very well. Or well, it's doing very well. And then I don't realize that People actually offer me money for my and I just turn it down. And I realize that actually it's not about the money. It's about the opportunity to impact, to train, to coach, to be there for. That's actually what my motivation is. May you find purpose in Jesus' name. He said, what is that in your hand? What is that in your house? And I'm asking you, what is that in your hand? And what is that in your house? What is it in your life that you have commonized? What is it in your hands or in your house that you have classified useless, unproductive, cannot be used? Listen, I want to say this again. Be careful how you interpret the challenges of life you find yourself in. Because in that could lie your purpose. Does that make sense? So let me ask you these few questions so we get going. What do you do outside of work? Because the question of purpose can be so frustrating. So just to give you, so these questions you go ask, you go think about it, and then you go pray about them, right? What do you do outside of work? Some just go to work, come back, go to bed, and sleep. Yeah? I don't think that's a very nice thing. Mm. They say, well, when I come back, I take care of my children as well. Yeah, but I don't think that's a very nice thing either. <laughs> You have to be, 
I don't think raising children is part of purpose. I don't think so. Mm. If not, Jesus would have had kids. And Paul, plenty of them. But I think that the kid has a function on earth. So God chose you as a vehicle. The moment the kids are born, game over for you, seriously. But however, you also are somebody's child. So that means that you should live a life of purpose and your child should live a life of purpose, then granddad and grandchild should live a life of purpose. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So giving birth and raising, that can be life purpose. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah? Everyone born on earth has a mission. So your mission cannot be to be... <laughs> so what do you do outside of work? It's an indication, something for you to pray about. I just love my children, so I'm taking care of them. That's my life mission on earth. Hmm. Sarah, remember your mommy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah? Uh-huh. Say, so you remember mommy and daddy? You start hoping that they would call you one day. They promise to call, but as they get older, then the calls become few and far between. What if that's your purpose on earth? What, that's your purpose on earth to raise children. You want to raise this one son. Yeah, he's my one and only son. Amen. Then here comes his wife. <laughs> All of a sudden, the kid has two mommies. So I don't think so. I told my kids when we were, I said, from, I said look, my friend. <laughs> I said, two of you, you are using me. Okay? I was used. You, God has a purpose for both of you. So I don't mind being used, okay? So, but just understand that we're on two different tracks. I'm somebody's child as well. So I used to tell them when we were growing up, I said, look, and also, I said, I'm loaning you my name. You can ask them. I said, if you can't maintain it, I don't have a problem. Change it. When you and I meet on the street, say, sup, sup. <laughs> I have a mission on F, so do you, Yeah? So right now, we're just accommodating each other, right? I'm here to tell you what to do and how to do it so you can fulfill your mission on earth. But don't make, me, don't make any mistake about that, right? I got my own mission too. And I'm not, my, my job is not for you, is to put, my, put myself in harm's way and then your lot affects my lot and I don't get to where I need to get to because of your lot. That ain't gonna happen, yeah? Hard talk, happy with your children, they will turn out well. But all these say, uh, oh, my God, my soul, oh, my God, my soul, oh, my God, my God, oh, my ah. <laughs> What do you do outside work? What one thing do you do whenever you get the chance to do it? The question of passion and purpose. What one thing do you do whenever you have the chance? Okay, I don't have time, but the one time that you have, the one minute you have, what do you do? What do you do? Number three, what makes you feel excited? You know, Moses was excited about his people. He saw two Israelites fighting, and then he instantly, 
Oh, brothers, why are you fighting? We belong to the same house. You're the same. And they looked at him and said, who are you to judge us? Who are you to, why? We saw you the other day. You killed a man. And then he fled. What gets you excited? Don't say watching football. That's not that kind of excitement. You know, some, some people say they get excited when they are watching football. You know, I don't understand the game. I don't, I don't, okay, I don't understand the game. Maybe I don't know, but, uh, but I don't know what they get excited about. You know, you see the other day, I think that game is just I don't understand. The other day, one guy got one team was losing, and this guy ran into the pitch, and then punched. That's a very violent sport. You know, that's not a sport. Okay, well I don't know. But you understand what I'm saying? People watch TV and they, really, they watch football and they get very excited. What gets you excited? But don't tell me you, you are excited because somebody, you're excited watching a guy who is being paid 200,000 pounds a week pushing leather. That gets you excited. That, no. I mean, deep down, what gets you excited? What gets you excited? What makes you feel more confident? Don't say spending. <laughs> Only the people like that, you know, until they spend, you know. I remember one foolish friend of mine I had many years ago. He said, oh, I just wanted to just, you know, I wasn't feeling, I was feeling tensed up and just really not happy, so I want to buy myself a, uh-uh. No. No. What makes you feel more confident? Don't go pick up another car because that makes you feel confident. That's low self-esteem. You know? If you find yourself wanting to feel confident, if you, wanna, if you, if you link purchases to confidence, you are suffering from low self-esteem. And that requires prayers. If you have to spend to show, then that is low self-esteem. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. I think you should grow out of that. The Bible says you are wonderfully and beautifully made. There's only one you. After God created you, he broke the mold and said, that's it, original. Bam. There's no one, li- There's no one like me. When it just started many years ago, I used to beg them, please don't be like me. My goodness, I'm so boring. I don't like being me. Being me is enough. You can't have two of us in the same area. We just set the place on fire. You understand? Yeah, I'm dramatic me. They tell me like, that's what, well, you see, that's the narrative that you give me at home these days. You know, every day they say, I'm so dramatic, so dramatic. It's <laughs> 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 so dramatic, so dramatic. Clean the place, it's so dramatic, it's so dramatic. <laughs> Pick up your shoes, it's so dramatic, it's so dramatic. Maybe if you do it, I won't be so dramatic, isn't it? Do I tell you as dramatic at home? But I like, I like being me. I'm, I'm, I'm dramatic. You know, I get out of bed like, like I'm fighting. I'm like, I'm like a Shaolin master. That's how I get out of bed. Get up. Yeah! Thank God. It's a good day. What makes you feel more confident? What is it? You know that thing that, you know, I don't know what it is for you, but you just, you know, ah, 
like you feel like you are larger than life. You know, the kick in your belly. Like, Ugh. What is it? Speaking, baking, cooking, writing, whatever. What is it? What is it? Singing. You know, one of the fr- my favorite um, thing I used to watch on TV many years ago is that, I remember, remember this program, the stars in their eyes, stars in your, you know, these guys, you'll see them and then I said, tonight you're going to be, tonight, what's Block's name? I'm going to be, and they go in and they come out just, and this person picks up the microphone and just go, whoa. And at the moment they drop the mic, they all go, Yeah, remember the guy, um, Potts, that won the program, um, the British got Potts, Potts, Paul Potts. Yeah, it com- comes on stage, you can see the body language of the audience, oh, what's it coming like? I got looking, yeah. and then he picks up the mic, and then they switched, um, what was the song they sang again? Uh, um, is it one of these um, operas? You know? la, 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 la. And they just went, yes, Pharaoh. I was having good people myself, you know. <laughs> Ah, oh, wow, transformation. What is yours? Have you ever found out why you survived that attack? Have you f- ever found out why you came up with top grades? What is it that makes you confident? Find out. Maybe the finger of God is in it. What number is that? Four. Number five, what will you do if you were not any money from it? I mean, nothing, nothing. <laughs> no money, count me out. Can't count me out, no money, count me out. What will you do? What will you do, right, if you will not earn any money from it? What will you do? These are factors. And why, why am I sharing this with you? When the angel of God comes to you and asks you, what is that in your, how, in your hand? Don't say nothing. When the angel of God comes to you, right, and asks you, what is that in your house? Don't say nothing. Nothing, because my pastor has prepared me for this en- encounter. Do you understand? What will you do if you were not earning money from it? Right? What one thing... Or item would you like to change in the world? What one thing would you like to change in the world? What is it? For me, for me, limitation. Especially financial limitation. If I can change anything, I'll make up, I will increase the GDP of every Third world country. If God is to ask me what plans do you have, what, what, what kind of plan do you want me to give you? Give me a plan to change the GDP of every third world country and completely eradicate limitation and poverty. What is that for you? What's yours? What's the one thing you can, you can change in the world? What do you do in your spare time if you have any spare time? If you don't have any spare time, try and create one. If you don't have a spare time, it means you have redundant time. Maybe you want to cut back on Facebook, 
cut back on Twitter, cut back on Instagram. I mean, your swipe time can amount to, you know, unbelievable amount of money, amount of time. I mean, some of that are just their permanent status, isn't it? Wake up in the morning. You know, like, becomes like a drug, you know? Yeah, like lunch break. Oh, like, 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 <laughs> like, 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 like. <laughs> so if you don't have a spare, if you don't have spare time, I'm not very energetic. Just do that for a long time. Just get tired. And 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 if you can't, if you say I don't have a spare time, you do. You just have redundant redundant time. So this week, maybe you want to take charge of your time. Time you spend talking, swiping, surfing, liking. Beyond that six hours. All right? Number six. Am I correct? Number eight. What makes you smile? What makes you smile? What warms your heart? What warms your heart? What makes you smile? What kind of thoughts? make you smile. I mean, you sit alone at times and you just want to, all of a sudden you just smile. What, what, what was that? What is that? Mine it. Capture it. Mine it. And lastly, what makes you angry? What gets you angry? What brings out the incredible hawk in you? Right? Don't make me angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> okay, for Avenger fans. Okay. Yeah? What makes you angry? No, don't say the child. No, 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 that, not him. No, no, no. What makes you angry, really? What is it that really? Some, can, some people can just, can't understand injustice. What makes you angry? So these things, so answer these questions. Don't just listen, yeah, pastor said, pastor said, pastor said, and then throw, them, throw the paper away or throw your notes away. No, what I want you to do is take them and then go and pray about them. Well, I want to live a life of purpose. I want to be fulfilled in life. Yeah? Okay, so now, with these things in mind, with these things, with these questions, when you answer them, then what next? So out of this, I want to give you, um, uh, give you a, a, an approach. So I said you were born. God has given you a message. If you answer these questions correctly, right, you will find that there's a thread that runs across these nine questions. From that thread, you can pick out your message. It says, I have called you a prophet to the nation. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Listen, I read in a book that the most introverted person in the world will in his lifetime influence at least 10,000 people. So there are at least 10,000 people waiting for you to say, follow me, and I will make you. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are at least 10,000 people who will love you, like you, trust you, and do whatever you do, and do whatever you say. So you should have a message. And that message should, should, should lead to your personal mission statement. The things that God has called you to do. So you get a message. Second thing you want to do is get the method. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is death. Get a method. There's a method to everything. Get a method, get a method, get a method. God gave Moses the message. 
say, go to Pharaoh and get my people out. And then he empowers him and then gives him a method. He said, when you get there, listen very carefully, he won't let you go. But with this in your hand, with this rod in your hand, the prophet told the woman, he said, listen, go and borrow vessels, not a few. So they, 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 they both came out with a method of doing things. Find your method. Now, you may end up coming and say, well, pastor, you know what? Out of all these things, I really, this activity of baking, I really, really do enjoy it. I love it. And when it makes me feel confident, then fine. Get a method. Start small. Start on the side. Just do it. Message, method, yeah? What else? Get a model. Get a model. Find someone of faith who is already succeeding at that thing. Succeeding at that thing. Have a model of what you want to do in the future. See it and find out who is there right now. And that will lead me to the fourth one, which is what? Mentoring. Get someone who will. Who is already running that model with a message, with a method to what? Tell you what to do and just do it. And that's how we progress. Amen? Method. Model. Mentor. Don't just pick anybody as a mentor. Pick someone that has results. And pick someone of faith, fervent in spirit. So let me close by sharing with you the enemies of purpose. The enemies of purpose. Number one, a weak spirit. A weak spirit. Many of us, are, we, we are Christians, we are still growing, but our spirit man is too weak. It's not nurtured. It's not mature. Or it's not even growing. Many of us say we are Christians, but the things we do, they still behave like children in the spirit, talk like children in the spirit. Many of us are so carnal. My God, it's unbelievable. You know, we just carry the label. We just, but we are so, our spirit man is so small, so weak, so fragile, right? We just live on Canal Canal Avenue. Our thought pattern is so unfiltered, unfettered. There is no restraint, constraint, nothing. In other words, the spirit of God in you is so limited, marginalized, that your body and your soul just dominate and stuff that thing out. So invest in spirituality. Invest in it. You will do well to grow in the Lord, to grow in spirit. You will do well to be fervent in spirit. Yeah? It's a weak spirit. A weak spirit can never fulfill destiny. A weak spirit can never fulfill purpose. There are certain things kids don't do. Right? And we've talked about that throughout this month. Throughout this month. There are certain things kids don't do. So you cannot be a kid in the Lord and want to fulfill destiny and for purpose. That won't work. Number two, associations. And you will notice that Pastor Bola and I are very hot on associations. And that's because over the years, we've seen well-meaning people derailed because of their associations. 
And when I talk about associations, I am not actually talking about um, do not be unequally yoked with non-believers. We know, you know that. I actually don't expect, actually don't expect non-Christians uh, to derail you. No, because you know why? Because your God will be up. I'm a Christian, right? But the unbelieving believer in the church. So when I'm talking about associations, I'm not talking about associations with the world. I'm talking about associations in church. Because we are all at different levels. So I've seen well-meaning people derailed by people with lesser faith, lesser spirit in the church, in the church. So mind your associations. It's your brother that will tell you that's not, that's not possible. I have this dream. Brother, it wasn't an Amalekite. Yeah, think about it. I have this dream. Right? In this dream, what did the brother say? It was the brother in the Lord. The brother in the Lord, the sister in the Lord will put your lights out before the unbeliever. So mind your associations. So we've seen it, we've seen it, we've been in ministry now here, 16 years, and 22 years we've been in ministry. Seven as leaders, six years in leadership, and then um, 16 years founding pastor. That's 22. We've seen, more dam- we've seen more damage in the body from fellow Christians unknowingly, not intentionally. So you want to fulfill purpose? Guard your heart. The one who is not, the one, say, so the, the one in level nine hangs out with someone who is level six. And the one in level nine tells the one in level six, you know what, God just spoke to me, I, I think I want to do this. And the one in level six says, no. <laughs> I don't think that will not work. That's it. End of story. Level nine is talk. So that's how, that's what I mean. Okay? Be mindful of that. And lastly, make sure you feed your mind intellectually. Read. Many years ago, I learned that you will be where you are today, same place in five years' time, but for the books you read, the people you meet, and the places you go to. Yeah? So read, please. Read. Read. Train your mind to have a meaningful conversation. Some people just can't have a meaningful conversation. If you're not talking about the latest uh, in town, right? You know, shoes, bags, cars, you know, and the last holiday you went to. If that's all you have to talk. If, if, if all that comes out of this great m- destiny that God has put in your spirit is the shoes, the bags, the cars, and your holidays, then something is wrong. Something is wrong. And souls are going to hell. You're telling me about the food you ate last night? Kids are killing kids in the nation you live in. That's all, that's our conversation, you know, our next holiday destination. Don't get me wrong, I, I love holidays. But you understand what I'm trying to say here. I'm talking about what comes out of your heart. Yeah? We're not talking about what you're working on. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Right? What are you working? We're not talking about what you are working on. We're not talking about what your challenge is. And we're not talking about how I can be of value to you. I'm not talking about how I can add value to you. I'm not talking about how I can multiply you. I'm not talking about how I can increase you. I'm not talking about how we can join forces and resources and, and advance together, right? And then we're talking about, what are we talking about? 
And then sometimes when you engage people, you just find that, well, the conversation is just hollow. There's nothing intellectual in it. And that's because they've stopped growing. They've stopped reading. You see, I told my kids, I said, listen, I said, you spent three years in uni. Three years. I said, you've been conditioned to think at a certain level. I said, don't give it up. And you write reports every year, new courses. I said, you are stressed. I said, now that you are out, you must maintain that level of keep your muscles engaged. If not, right, you're going to be a dummy one day, just growing down. You know, and many people are like that. You know, you, they, they, just, they just talk, you engage them, ask them. They, they can't even converse intelligently. They can't. They can't. And when their, mouth, when their mind is empty, you'll be amazed what comes out of their mouth. So next time you sit down with your friend, all this is the conversation. What are we talking about? Who is benefiting from this conversation? Who is adding value to who? And where are we going to with this? That's how to have meaningful friendship. If not, you won't fulfill destiny. You won't. Amen? Let's try to our feet as we, as we pray. This month so far, 23 people have received the gift of the Holy Spirit by praying in tongues. I feel you rev up the engine, okay? We're going to join our hands together. We're going to pray. We're going to pray in the Spirit for 60 seconds. We're going to pray in the Spirit for 60 seconds. If you are here and you, don't, and you cannot pray in the Spirit, come back here on Friday and we will minister to you. And if you are a Christian and you do not pray in the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, come here on Friday and then we will minister to you, okay? Praise the Lord. All right, but before we do, every head bowed, every eyes closed, every head bowed. Let me have my telephone number on the, on the screen. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. This is the church of God, and I really, really love you. God sees my heart, I love you, and I want to make you, I want to give you an invitation. I want to all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to live a life of purpose. Today, I give my life to Jesus. Today, I rededicate my life to Jesus because I want to live a life of purpose. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died for me, that you resurrected for me. Lord Jesus, from today, I make you the Lord and Master over my destiny. And I declare today that I am saved and I am born again in the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eyes closed, I want to ask you, if this is the first time you're praying a prayer like this, just raise your hand where you are. Just raise your hand. Can you drop your hands first of all? Just drop your hands. Leave your neighbor alone. So I'd, every head bowed, every eyes closed. This is my clandestine operation here. All right? So if this is your first time, I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to just raise your hand. I want to just give you an invitation. You're not coming forward either. Just raise your hand. I just want to just... Pastor, this is my first time of praying this prayer. Is anybody here this morning? This is your first time of praying this prayer? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, let's turn our hands together and let us pray in the spirit. If you are here and you do not pray in the spirit, that's my telephone number on the screen. Send me a text and I'll be here on Friday, right? And then the Lord bless you as we move forward from there. 
Okay. For 60 seconds, I want to pray in the spirit. I want to ask God to touch you, touch your mind, and reveal to your spirit right now what your purpose on earth is. All right, come on, raise your voice and pray confidently. If you cannot pray in the spirit, come back here on Friday. If you are here and you cannot pray in the spirit like this, you should come back here because this is very important to your Christian growth.